0: well praise the lord and welcome to our romans bible study this beautiful monday morning here in queen city texas we do this every monday and thursday morning at 8 30 a.m central time right here live on my pastor curtis facebook page and the curtis hutchinson 316 youtube channel so i pray that you would go back look at them they're uploaded there even after they're done live so you can go and avail yourself and have a great Bible study. And we're in Romans chapter 11 presently. I believe we might get through this chapter today. Uh, Just let me say thank you to all of those of you who are praying for us and supporting us uh, financially, giving to the work of the Lord by giving to this ministry. Those of you who have learned that uh, it is the gospel that we give, where the gospel is the center focus, where the gospel, I'm not talking about where we say it's about the gospel, I'm talking about where you can tune in and the messages, uh, the teachings, the preaching, the, uh, everything is about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, gospel-centered, gospel-centered, gospel-surrounded, the thrust and the thriving and the striving it is together for the faith of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Coming back to that focus and I appreciate all those that give and and give to the ministry we have here as far uh, as giving the 7 expositor study Bibles every week to inmates across this nation. 7 expositor study Bibles a week. And so that takes $1000 a month and so If it weren't for several of you online uh, doing that, we we couldn't do that. So I appreciate your help in that manner. Just imagine what it would be like sitting in the prison system and uh, all of a sudden God begins to move on your heart and and you can write and request for an Expositor study Bible because you saw your friend have one and it just lit you up and you begin to understand the Bible like never before and all you had to do is ask for it and it was mailed to you. What a precious gift that is for you to join us and to help us take God's word in the prison system. We're so blessed to be able to be a part of that today. And you can give at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text your giving to 903-231-5950. Let's jump right into this today, Romans chapter 11. We'll start in verse 32 and we'll try to roll throughout the 36th verse, which is the last verse of this chapter. Let me just read that this morning, that section of Scripture. For God has concluded... ...them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. O the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Or who has first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. What a precious uh, section of scripture here that tells us so much. If we have ears to hear, if we have a desire in our heart to learn of the Lord, and, and to grow and to be a greater expression of Christ, His light, His righteousness in the earth today. What a section of Scripture we will be blessed today. I am very sure of that, as we know the Lord will give us that daily bread that we need, that instruction, that exhortation, edification, that correction that we might need, that that leading that we have to have, that comes by faith, that only comes by hearing God's word, Romans ten seventeen. So let's look at this this morning. For God has concluded them all. Now he's talking about Jews and Gentiles. Let's go back and read this 11th chapter if you've just now tuned in. God is talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. They are two separate groups of people When they get saved, Jew or Gentile, we're all baptized into one body, the body of Christ. And we all can only get saved one way, through faith in Jesus Christ. And in this 11th chapter, we've learned many things. I hope we've learned, not just heard, but learned many things. When you're learning, that means you're able, the the experience is there. there. There's no learning without the experience. You can watch somebody ride by on a bicycle and say, well, well, I've learned, I've learned to ride a bicycle. No, you haven't learned until you got on the bicycle. You understand that. You, uh, learning is an experience, not just a sitting and a hearing. You know, when we go to church every week, we sit and we listen. The learning process, and I won't say that that's not a part of it, but without the experience, What we heard is not being applied, so the learning process gets stopped at the hearing. And without the experience, there is no fruit. There is no fruit. So a lot of people, the Bible says, are ever learning but not able to come to the truth. See, coming to the truth means experiencing what you're hearing. As James wrote, don't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Those who just are hearers of the word, James wrote, they're deceiving their own selves. So learning is a process of hearing, receiving, and then walking in that which we believe. Hallelujah. Not saying we believe it, walking in that which we believe. Amen. So he's talking about Jews and Gentiles, and then God here says, God has concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. That's a good Bible verse to, to confirm that God doesn't have any other way for Jews than he does Gentiles, for Gentiles than he does Jews. It's all by the way of mercy. It's all by the way of God being merciful. You look back in the old covenant when God had... His nation Israel, when they were young and they came out of Egypt after years of slavery, they built a tabernacle and all the furnishings inside and, 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 and there was a place called the holy place that had the, the Ark of the Covenant and on top of the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat. I call it the mercy seat of grace because it was the only thing that allowed God to be merciful to his people, Israel, to be gracious to his people, Israel was when the priest came and brought blood and and spilled the blood on the mercy seat because it's only through the blood that God is able to be merciful (coughs) and gracious to his people. And that's what that represented and pointed to Christ one day coming and spilling his own blood, laying his own life down that we might be forgiven of our sins, hallelujah, delivered from our sins, And receive of the mercy, (coughs) excuse me, of God. So God has concluded them all, Jews and Gentiles, in unbelief. Now watch what it really says in a more depth meaning. God has confined them all, Jews and Gentiles, to disobedience. A rejection of Christ is disobedience in the mind of God. And let me say it a little more a particular way because it's needed to hear, it needed to be heard. Rather, if our faith is not in Christ and what He did at the cross, then we're experiencing disobedience. Even if we're doing things that we know to do are right, God sees obedience only through faith in the cross. Do you understand that Jesus? humbled himself and became obedient unto death. That's the obedience that becomes our obedience. If our faith is not in that work at Calvary that Jesus carried out, we're not obedient in the eyes of God. Now, we are in our position. When you got saved, you became obedient the moment you believed. Romans 6 bears that out. Not when you did anything. But when you obeyed the truth, that means when you believed the truth, that form of doctrine that made you free from sin, that which Jesus did at Calvary, you became righteous. You became a servant of righteousness. You didn't do anything. You just believed in what he did. You became obedient. But that's your position. But every day are our lives... Is my life today in experience justified? I'm justified, but is my experience justified by God? It is if my faith remains in the cross and the cross alone. If I move my faith from that, then I'm, a, I'm once again in my experience, no matter what I'm deceived and believe, I'm confined to disobedience, the children of disobedience. Listen, it's very important that you begin to study God's Word and that you understand when the New Covenant, the New Testament writings tell us not to walk as fools. In Ephesians, I believe it's chapter 5 verse 15, tells us, saved, born again, blood-bought, spirit-filled, on our way to heaven, children of God, the Bible tells us not to walk as though we're fools. Why does the Bible have to tell me that as a child of God? Because I can walk as though I'm a fool. What is a fool? Psalms 53 verse 1 says a fool says in his heart there is no God. Now we won't say that as children of God because we're God's children. But when we move our faith from the righteous work, obedient work, Work of faith that Jesus provided at Calvary, trusting in anything else so subtly and deceptively, we do it, we've done it. Oh, have we ever. 99.9% of the church is there today and doesn't even know they're there doing it. Walking as disobedient. In their position, they're justified, but they're walking as disobedient before the Lord because we're not trusting. When we stop trusting in the cross, we're confined again. That's why the church, and and, and I was there for years, and I'm, I'm not being ugly, but 99.9% of the church is there today. You know, we're told to, to function in the things the Word of God gives us, but we say, I just can't do it. And many people give up because they just can't do it. And that's right. We just can't do it. But You have to learn how the Holy Spirit carries it out in you and through you. It's through simple faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. It's not just Christ. We preach Christ crucified. Without that last part, you got yourself another Jesus. And you will be confined not only to disobedience, but to bondage that comes from disobedience. Now come on, somebody. God has confined them all to disobedience, so that he might be mercy to everybody. Oh, now watch this now. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Let me tell you something, folks. The way of the cross is not a little something that we should that we should be tired of hearing. The way of the cross that which God did before the foundation of the world. The lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world. God had to strategically consider that done before he ever put everything in motion with men. He knew that men would be sinful and haters of him, reject him. We see that in the very first people he created and gave the Garden of Eden to. Just sin, uh, disobeyed God, chose another voice to follow. We're all guilty. Of that. But listen, God loved us so much that He gave His only begotten Son. And he did it before the foundation of the world. The works, Hebrews chapter 4 tells us the works were finished from the foundation of the world. God never starts anything he hasn't already finished. And but by the time God set things in motion, it was a done deal. Now the work would have to be manifest some 4,000 years later. And thank God, Jesus came humbled himself, became obedient unto death, and manifest the work as a finished work. Hallelujah. He declared that work that had been finished from the foundation of the world now as finished in experience. See, it's not just about a plan of God with no experience. It's about a plan of God carried out down throughout the ages and there's two men in the earth there's Adam and there's Jesus there's the first Adam, the last Adam we are in one or the other we're in the first Adam when we're born into this life, the last Adam when we accept Christ in his way of the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and all the grace every day of the rest of our lives we will ever need but we can't trust in anything else and get grace, it only comes through faith in what Jesus did He tasted death by the grace of God for all men and it's the only avenue through which grace you need today. As a Christian who's been saved 40, 60 years, you still need grace today. And that grace only comes through a simple and exclusive avenue of the cross of Jesus Christ. And here Paul says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. That that doesn't mean you can't search for God, the things of God. It means the depths of the the knowledge and the wisdom of God men will never ever obtain. Listen, you've got to think about this. God's wisdom and the knowledge of God that you and I are told to grow in. Peter wrote that we're to grow in the knowledge and the wisdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to grow in it, but reaching the depths and plummeting the end, exhausting uh, the wisdom and the knowledge of God cannot be done because he's God. There's a never-ending Everlasting doesn't mean... uh, You know, when the Bible tells us God is everlasting, uh, that doesn't just mean that He had no beginning and that He has no end, but there's also no end to His thoughts. There's no end to His planning. There's no end... Here comes the best part. There's no end to His mercy for you and me, to His grace to you and me. Hallelujah. For His love for you and me. There's no end. It's an everlasting covenant in the blood of Jesus that brings all the everlasting benefits through the blood of Jesus. Even right now, hallelujah, the benefits of grace and mercy is because God chose to be merciful to an unbelieving people. Hallelujah. He came to save Israel. Israel was his people they rejected him he turned to the Gentiles and began to save Gentiles now he saved a few Jewish people when he came that trusted in him and who he was as redeemer but as a whole the nation of Israel rejected him so he turns to us the Gentiles Uh, a few Gentiles will receive him and make him uh, let him be the lord of their life savior of their life hallelujah their king and through that process Israel becomes jealous. It's part of the purpose. We read in Romans chapter 11 of God saving us Gentiles. Oh, it's always because he loves us. That's the underlying means of why God created us and and comes to save us uh, hateful sinners that hate him is because he loves us. Hallelujah. But he saved us Gentiles to make the Jewish folk jealous. And the Bible says that he's, he, we studied in this chapter how that now that he's been merciful to us, it's going to be the avenue through which he's merciful to them again. I want you to get that. What God does in your life is having an effect, a great effect on somebody else. Probably somebody that's watching you that you don't even know is watching you. And I asked this question during this session, these sessions of this chapter If God saved us Gentiles to make the Jews jealous, is your life that which would make a Jewish person jealous? Do the people around you know that you're a Christian? Not that you just try to be good and upright and more. Do they know why you're living an upright life? Because you're trusting in a Savior called Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, the depth. I'm going to read it again. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments. How, how unsearchable. There's no end to finding out the ways that God judges and, and, and God's judgments and God's thoughts. And, and, and listen, we, we, we talk about it every once in a while that God, through Paul, the apostle, healed. But then there was a place in the, in Second Timothy chapter. Oh, I think it's chapter four. Uh, let me look there. Uh, let me see if this is where it's at. Yeah, it's it's a great point that the depth of what God, how He functions, and not how He functions, He functions in our lives by through grace and mercy, through our faith in Christ, but the depths and the choices that God makes to do this for them, but not do that for them. And to do this for them, but not... And and I want to give you a great example that. The Lord used the apostle Paul. The Lord healed through Paul. But watch this. There were times when the Lord didn't heal through Paul, when somebody obviously needed to be healed. It was time for Paul to, to move on. Uh, and it says this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. "Orastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus, however you say his name, have I left at Miletum sick. Now, why would Paul have to leave this fellow, Trophimus, in Miletum, sick if he just naturally could heal anybody he wanted to? Because he couldn't heal anybody he wanted to. God chooses who will be healed. And the time they'll be healed. And God chooses. There was some reason that this man wasn't healed. Some reason God chose not to use Paul to heal this man so he could get up and go on with it. What that reason is, this is part of that depth. That we, instead of being mad at God, we've just got to be thankful to God that he is God and that he knows better than us. Man, if God was thought on our level, we, we, that would be messed up. But God's His wisdom and His knowledge, what He knows, is unending. It's unfathomable by the mind. He's given us what we need to know in the Word, but the depths of that knowledge in that wisdom, what little we can have only comes to us who have our faith in the cross of Christ alone because that's the only entrance into Christ and gives us our position in Christ, and that object of faith, Christ and his atoning work at Calvary, is the only object of faith that today will give us the experience of growth, grace and mercy for today, the benefits applied today. If you disagree with that, you're in big trouble. When we move away from the cross, even when we don't know we're doing it, Trusting in these fads that men bring into the church. Oh, this is it. I have found this is it. I lived that for several years. The cross is it. And let me me, me give you this before we move on. It's not the cross and this. Because if it's the cross and anything, that's a heart not believing that the cross is. The only righteous object of faith, Christ, righteous King, doing the righteous work, Isaiah 32 17 at Calvary. When I'm trusting, I say in the cross and anything else, I'm admitting, even though I may not know I'm doing it, I'm admitting to God the cross was not sufficient. That puts me in my experience as someone walking now in disobedience. You better get that. You better get that. So let's go back now. Romans chapter 11. Here at the end of the chapter. The Bible says in verse 34, Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? See, God, Paul is trying to make a... Really, the Lord through Paul is trying to make a, uh, uh, an impression on us today... We don't know the mind of the Lord in everything. We have the word of the Lord, but even though we have the word of the Lord, I cannot, you cannot just pick God's word to go play with it and to do what you want to with it. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth comes to guide us into all truth where we are. Not where I choose I want to be, his will, His sovereign will for my life today, I need truth to be led by the Holy Spirit. And as I learn the truth, that here we are back at what we said earlier about experience. Not just hearing the truth, but subjecting myself to the truth, to follow the Lord in the truth, learning through experience the truth, faith in the cross. Hallelujah. I understand, I come to the conclusion that I don't know everything, but God does. And when God does things that I don't appreciate and I don't like, and if you're honest, that's happened. God's done some things I didn't understand why he did it. God's taken away some things that I didn't understand why he took them. God's going to do things in the future that we don't understand. But listen, how can we stand one minute and say, God, how could you ever choose me? How could you ever love me like I am? And then the next minute say, God, how could you ever do this? It's because of His sovereign, everlasting mind. God knows a billion light years in time from now everything that is going to be because He's already there. He is that He is. Hallelujah. He said, I am that I am. God's not just in today. He's in every day. And that's not weird, mystical, and magical. That's just God. He's never ending. He was here before you got here. He'll be here after you're gone from here. But thank God, you as a Christian will be with Him forever because of your faith in Christ. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who's able to give the Lord counsel? Nobody. We try to do it. Lord, this is what I thank you ought to do. Even in our prayers... Now, now, I hope you get this, and I hope you don't think I'm being ugly, but I, I'm speaking from experience, and I believe if you'd search, search the Word, search the Word of God for this, you'd find it to be true. Many times, instead of praying God's will be done, we, we find ourselves trying to manipulate God. God. Trying to counsel, God, God, this is what you need. How many times have I said or heard people say, Now, I told the Lord. <laughs> now, it's okay. You're supposed to be talking to the Lord. But you better be careful with that word told. I told the Lord. No, you Tell Him you love Him. Tell Him you need Him. Tell Him you need His direction. But when you go to trying to tell the Lord what He needs to do, the Lord has an overall plan. We should be a people of prayer And prayer with expectation, prayer in faith, believe in God, but it has to be according to the word because God has an overall plan. Now, I believe we should pray for people to be healed. I believe that Paul probably prayed for that man we read about to be healed. But God didn't heal that man, at least not in that portion, that segment of Paul's ministry and life, and Paul moved on. I believe we should pray for people to be healed. But if they're not healed, I believe we should keep praying for their healing. But if they're not healed, I believe we should keep praying for their healing. But I believe we should never grow weary and mad at God because God's not doing something that we think He ought to. God's doing what needs to be done. Or who has first given to God that God needs to be recompensed? Listen. Who has first given to Him and it shall be rewarded unto Him again? God's not the receiver. God's the giver. We're the receivers. God's not rewarded. We're rewarded. We need to keep... the. We need to keep everything as it is in the word. Now, the word of faith, false, satanic mess out there has turned it around like we can command God. They believe that. They can command God and that they can counsel God. Listen, prayer is not about counseling God. Prayer is about communion because you love God, you know He loves you, and you're putting your petitions and supplications before God ultimately that His will will be carried out. Lord, this is what I think I need. Lord, this is what I want to see. This is what I believe. I've seen in the Word where you've done it. Lord, I want your will to be carried out because outside of God's will being carried out, we're in big trouble. Who's first given to God? Nobody. God gives. And then God rewards those that believe in Him. Watch this now, the last verse. For of Him, of Him, it means all things come of Him, from Him. And through Him, through Him, that means through what He did at Calvary. And to Him, back to Him now, are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. We know this is referring to Christ because God through Christ created the worlds. God through Christ has walked with men, created a nation Israel, turned to the Gentiles now. God through Christ. Christ came and redeemed. God was in Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. Everything that God has done, the Godhead, he's done in Christ, through Christ, and all things are to him. Jesus Christ will will be the judge at the judgment seat of Christ for the Christians, and he will also be the judge at the great white throne judgment. He is creator, he is redeemer, and he is judge. He is Lord of all, and all knees will bow, and all tongues, every tongue will confess Jesus as Lord of all, that all things were of him, all things were through him, and all things will be to him. I hope you've been encouraged with this 11th chapter of Romans. I hope you've been encouraged with this teaching and you go back and study with us. You'll get on board and study with us and pray for us and help us financially. Again, you can give 903-231-5950. Thank you for those of you who are doing that. And uh, we appreciate you. Uh, There's always needs in ministry. Don't think, well, you know, they don't really need anything. There's always needs in ministry. And it's not about what you think the ministry needs. It's about where God's pouring the truth of his word into your life, your learning and growing in your experience of the truth hallelujah, that's the good ground you sow into. And when you support that, which is blessing you, that's proper, God will properly bless you and use you mightily. And you'll see great exploits, happening in your own life, your family and God will begin to do great and mighty things. I speak from experience. Hallelujah. Those of you who know me personally know from where God brought me and it's all because He's been merciful and gracious through the blood of His Son Jesus Christ to me. Hallelujah. Well, it's been a good session. Uh, Don't forget to tune in Thursday morning for uh, we will start in chapter 12 of Romans. Looking forward to that and be with us Wednesday night at 6.40 p.m. for the worship service. You can catch it all at thecrosswaychurch.com, Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel, and Pastor Curtis' Facebook page. God bless you. We love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.